Ding, 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 ding. No, ding, that comes ding, later. Ding, you can't just, you can't just. You know what you I realized? What did you realize? It sounds a lot like the Missy Elliott, uh, the Missy Elliott Timbaland song. Ding, 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 ding. The Get Your Freak On? A little bit. Nah. Like a tiny bit, if I do it like that. What do you guys think? Let's play it. <laughs> Get the freak on. Get the freak on. It sounds just like it. <laughs> oh shit, you're almost right, yeah. I am right! Oh shit! I love you. No, I don't want to go behind the scenes with Paris Hilton. Why? She's hilarious. You know you love the simple life. We in here, Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Um, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Email us questions, comments, topics. You, you never email us. I feel like the Grinch. We always say this. The Grinch is Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. Unlearn the world, Lil MC. Yes. We're in here. We're in this thing, you know. Um, today was a good day. Tell them your big announcements. Today was a good day, and then I'll start getting. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not getting into my big announcements. We're not doing all of that. Oh, okay. Not, you know, I got I, there's there's details. I got a video coming out. So oh. if you're listening to this, go to YouTube. Check out your favorite rappers, a liar, directed by the one and only Cracker Cookies, Tony Villarreal. Really dope fucking video. Like my best video ever. The so, best by far. The best. We're, it's amazing. Kudos to both of us because I think we we both shot the best videos we've ever shot. Yes, I did, but mine's not coming out yet. Oh, but still. Yeah. But still, it looks really good. Like, it looks real. I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. It looks like a fucking Hype Williams video. It's like crazy. <laughs> Hype Williams? I think yeah. Hype Williams has, like, naked people in it. No. I mean, he's, like, a really great director, so he can film in. It just, like, just the scenery of it is, like, mm. really dope. Um, but no, I mean, talk, you know, yeah, let's just talk about that. Let's just talk. You went away. And... Yes. Went away for three <laughs> days to Mount Shasta. To film a music video with my wonderful, amazing friends, Colton and Kate. Um, and we just went to like all these beautiful, epic-ass nature spots and vistas. Hiked up five-mile mountains to the very precipice and stood on these rocks where we were like... You were standing on precipices? Dude, it was fucking <laughs> sketch, you know? Like, it was holding steady cams, like walking around me and I'm dancing. And if we like... Step a little too far, we tumble to our fucking death. Like it was mad sketch. <laughs> that's but that's exactly your bag. You like to be on the brink of it danger. It really at any was given more time. of the brink than I've ever, you know. <laughs> like done. I didn't really sign up for this. I was just capping. Yo, it was just cap. We went to this like waterfall that was legit like melted snow water, like the mm. coldest water during the winter time in Mount Shasta. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go in it, you know, until, like, I can't feel my body anymore. The shit we do for art, yeah. Yo, I could, I've <laughs> never been that cold in my life. Like, my body was so cold that it turned hot. You could have gotten hypothermia. I know that. So, as I, I went in there for, like, as long as I could, and I looked, I fixed my titties, make sure they weren't popping out, got my sunglasses <laughs> right, waved my arms in the air like a little noodle for a little bit, you know, and then I was like, all right, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> but yeah. It was intense. <laughs> but at least you got it done. At least you got it done. So congratulations on that. Yeah. But let's get into some things. Um, some things have happened or transpired, I think. <laughs> are we going to talk about events or are we just going to like um, we have, get into weird well, observations? Okay. Um, <laughs> you, you, I have a topic. I'll All get right, into just, my yeah, topic just, first. You get into um, so one of the things I experienced also within the past week, prior to going up to film this music video, I went on another little B-Day extravaganza with my bestie Lil, Lillian, you know her, we always talk about her, she's <laughs> a very entertaining person. Um, <laughs> so we went up to the snow, and our other friend Mandy, shout out Mandy, brought her virtual reality helmet. Holy shit. And virtual reality <laughs> helmets are very fun. You can do a lot of things, you can play games, you could play, you could like paint in your own universe, and it's super dope. But what was even more I wouldn't say dope, but um, eye-opening or something that weird, I would just say, uh-huh. was that Lillian wanted to do virtual reality porn. So what that <laughs> means is that, like, you're legit, like, this naked oh, beast God. is, like, in front of you with her huge tots and her 
Twatkins in your face and stuff, and she has like a dick, and like you can see what she's seeing. And wait, wait. So Lillian had a dick. So Lillian was a dude Lillian in the virtual reality Lillian world. Lillian had a dick. Yeah. Holy shit. It was, okay. And she was like, look, kept looking down. She was like, ew, ew, gross. I hate it. It's like it's curved to the side. Like uh. <laughs> she and had a like, crooked dick. She had a crooked dick. <laughs> fucking virtual yeah, reality. Yeah. And she like, that's and you crazy. Would, like, you could look on the phone and see what she was seeing, and then you look, and then you look at her, and she's like. You know, da, 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 like, <laughs> looking like the air and like squeezing That's the air. That's so weird. And it, the reason I bring it up is just because I feel like it opens the door for a very interesting conversation about what could possibly be I mean that's future. exactly where I was going to go with it yeah. cuz like I can't I even like I would enjoy there. virtual reality but I've been watching movies like The Lawnmower Man since I was the 90s thinking the about cyberspace <clears throat> so long story less long Lawnmower Man is a story about a mentally challenged adult who works for a church who then becomes a uh, he becomes party to an experiment in virtual reality mm-hmm. where in the virtual reality space he starts receiving and connecting to all things, like all electronic things, like literally he, <laughs> his brain c- taps into the internet Damn. and he becomes like hyper-conscious. That's so it's one almost of the like people in Heroes had that. Like, it's almost like reverse ability. AI where the, the fear is that like the, the robots we create and the, and the, we'll and the artificial, mind they're going to become own. sentient, right? right? This was the exact opposite. He absorbed all the knowledge of the internet and he became, oh he my actually, God, why are we not watching he this? actually, transcended his consciousness into the ether that is the internet. And it's called the Lawnmower Man called because lawnmower he became man. the Lawnmower? Well, because he was a Lawnmower Man for the church. He was oh, this mentally okay. disabled Lawnmower Man for the church who became a fucking genius and who ended up why evolving we not into watch the... This? What the fuck? Because it's a cheesy 90s movie and you hate when I put on cheesy 90s movies. Because you're, you're rating your... <laughs> Well, no, because what happened... rating is going down. Yeah, because what happened is I would share with you movies movies. from my childhood that give me a feeling of nostalgia, completely forgetting that you're 10 years younger than me. But it's not like... If if it was Roadhouse, like, Roadhouse is the 80s, and I love that movie. Okay? No, Lawnmower Man is not Roadhouse. There is no Patrick Swayze coming to rip hearts out of chests in this one. He totally should. It might have been, yeah. But so... But I, I, I bring all of that up because like, so since that movie, which came out like in 93, 94, you know, I've, I've thought about cyberspace and the possibilities and, and, and what happens with human beings. So now that we're in this world where virtual reality is like really accessible and we're able to do all these crazy ass things, then it makes me just, well, one, I think about like all the dudes who are trying to get their rocks off in virtual porn, fucking women who are probably dudes. No, no, wait, wait, wait. You're in the not... same way that Lillian was a woman, is a woman, oh. and she went into this virtual reality space as a man. Yeah, the same could be done for men going online in virtual reality to be women. So what's and wrong with that? There, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't judge. It's not it my business. Great. I but think it's very. It just, people... it's just it's just an interesting dynamic. It's just a very interesting dynamic when you try to unpack it. Like, but I think that, that a lot of like the homicidal rage that results from the homophobia and people that feel like they need to be closeted in order to fit in this heteronormative America could kind of like experiment with VR porn and not have to feel in the privacy of their own home with nobody. Yeah. And you were also saying something earlier last week, I think it was that like, maybe it would curb the sexual sexual deviant rages that people have in terms of rape or other kind of feeling entitled to pussy and maybe having weird antisocial mannerisms that put off women and they still feel like they're entitled to sex. But rather than like you can't, teach all men to be swaggery right you know it's just not i don't even think i don't even think that's something that can be taught yeah <laughs> to it, be honest so you can't really it's like sometimes you just ain't it's not going to be in the cards for you to be able to get pussy but instead of being <laughs> enraged and wanting to shoot up all of santa barbara and writing this whole manifesto and all this bullshit oh here's some vr porn just fuck this exactly reality vixen and yeah exactly fuck a baddie on on virtual reality and you're good you're you're good you save lives and now lily knows what it's like so we were playing um never have i I ever crooked dick we were were playing never have i ever and like us and i think mandy was like i never have i ever you know like stroked my own dick and now Lillian when she plays Never Have I Ever has to put a finger down because she stroked her own dick and so did I because I wore a penis costume and I went on the strip yeah so yeah we saw that you you wore did you go down the slopes like you said you were going to so we didn't do that number one because it's like really hard to put that shit on and like fit your head through the penis (laughs) 
<laughs> and you, it's like a mechanical blower. And I'm already not like the most stable trying to like go off fucking like jumps on a snowboard. But secondly, we were probably going to get kicked out. So we were going to use the mechanic or the blow up dicks to go sledding. Um, but we ran out of time. So we just did stripper pole penis. Okay. But we're, we have that in the tuck. So anytime <laughs> we feel it necessary, we can just whip out our inflatable penises. And we also have an inflatable vagina. So, you know, we could just like chase each other around with penises and vaginas. I don't even know how I feel about that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to hear our, our, list, our lists? Yeah, yeah. We'll go. Okay, so we, we have our bizarre list. <laughs> we have a new bizarre list for you, for your head top. New bizarre list for your head top. Okay, ready? Was this, it was something about animals, yeah, right? Yeah, animals that we compare people to. Okay. <laughs> so Meerkats. The, yep. Muskrats. Mm-hmm. Weasels. <laughs> two-faced sons of jackals. <laughs> <laughs> Varmints, gutter rats, uh, and slippery little snakes. <laughs> so there you we, have it, people. <laughs> and we've been talking about meerkats a lot more because we've been watching the show <laughs> Prodigal Son. Yeah, thank you, Quinn, for and it's with us this actor. I forget what's that. What's the actor? I don't name? know. He's a meerkat man, but he's like a twenty-five-year-old like. <laughs> child looking white guy whimsical looking elf like white guy he's, with these like yeah. scary blue eyes that makes him think like it, it just I like don't trust his blue demonic eyes. blue eyes yes <laughs> if your eyes are lighter like his than his water, eyes look like you. he's gonna colonize a continent yes. and rape and pillage women he, like <laughs> he has he has colonization in and you went through the extensive eyes. length of getting a photoshopped <laughs> version of a actual mirror <laughs> and putting the blue eyes of Demon Man. So his name Int- is Tom Payne. I got it. <laughs> and he plays the character Malcolm Bright on a show called Prodigal Son. Yeah. It's so But weird. basically just look for the meerkat and you'll know who we're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> just look for just, the meerkat. Let's, let's, for the promo, we'll put this, we'll put these images because I haven't used them yet. My Photoshop meerkat <laughs> photo. Content. And you can tell us if this looks exactly like a meerkat human. He totally does. He, there's no, there's no debate about no, it. Like there's not a debate, you know. But I think depending on what animal you reference will explain a lot about the person you're referring to. When you oh, call yes. somebody a weasel, <laughs> there's a certain kind of person that you already know off the rip is like, oh, this is this this is a son of a bitch. Yeah, like, I'm not even funny. Like, yeah, I'm do imagining not fuck with this who are dude. the weasels that wear like the trench coats and the hats. And they're in like a movie, and they're like, "Oh, that's a who framed Roger yes, Rabbit exactly." Yes, like we, yes. you know, what I'm saying weasels, like real Sweet slicky. Oh, yeah. And if you're a slippery little snake, you're like a sexy little fucking sex pot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what else do we got okay, going on? I've, I've got my possibly fake fact of the day. Possibly fake fact. Okay. So All it's right. a fact that I heard, and I have no uh, knowledge of if it's true or not, and I don't care. I'm going to pretend that it is true. And that's that lipstick first came around because when women put it on their lips to make their lips look red, it reminded men of labias, a.k.a. the inside part of your vagina. Labias are red? Like pink. Okay, but you said red. Right. I guess like, well, they're kind of red. Do you want to look at mine and tell me what you think? They're not red. Red-ish. Well, no, it's the first of the month. It's, just, it's the first week of the month, so it might be red. I don't know. Can you not tell everyone my period schedule? Because then they're going to be like, oh, don't hit her up this week. She's PMSing. Like, I don't need the world to be knowing my calendar, okay? You don't even like that I know your calendar. I hate it. You can just use it as like, oh, yeah, just, you know, peg it as or chalk it up to my period. Well, maybe I'm actually legit mad. What reason do you have to be mad? I, whatever reason I want to have. Yeah. It's not my period. You're just looking it. for a fight. Like, <laughs> it turns me on to get in fights. You already know it that. It really does. It's, I know. It's a toxic, you know, toxic trait. <laughs> I know. Do you want to end with a with an actual like interesting topic of conversation or should we just get into this interview? I mean, no. Let's let's bring up one at least one more okay. fucking topic or some <laughs> shit to talk you, about. You I think we covered a lot of ground in this first 10 minutes. I like, don't know what Army Hammer means and I'm very upset about Army it. Army Hammer is an actor. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It, it, he's an actor, right? Am yeah. I? Am I bullshit? I have information about him, and I just doesn't recollect it. So while I'm think remembering what Army Hammer means, talk about viral child stars. Viral. Oh yes. <laughs> so I was thinking the other day, right? I was I was thinking about like the way that we're consuming 
entertainment nowadays, a lot of it is in the form of viral videos, right? And these viral videos are e extremely popular. They reach millions upon millions of people. They, they have a shelf life of all of maybe two weeks or a month, or if you're very lucky, maybe like a whole year, right? But sometimes those viral videos or those memes involve children, right? And I, I, I was just thinking about like 20 years Most from now. Do. The best ones do. Yeah, 20 years from now, those children are going to be adults and that's going to be like their claim to fame. So I was just thinking about like... It's going to be like Magnolia. You know, the kid yeah, that gets exactly. for winning the exactly. whatever game show as a child. Exactly. It, precisely that, right? So like 25 years from now, there'll be people who are like on dates and like, yeah, do you remember that meme <laughs> of that little baby? Or oh, they probably wouldn't, but <laughs> you know, like... That was me. Like, yeah, yeah. That's gonna, it's totally going to be what it is. The baby with the cat playing chopsticks. That was me. Like, it's just so weird, like, how we're going to reference celebrity and, 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 and people who are popular in, in pop but culture. But there's going to be people, we, we talked about this too, like, people can go viral so easily and there's such, like, a magnitude of virality that it's, like, almost takes away from your celebrity. Like, you're not unique. Right. Well, because, again, it's, it's this whole hit -a lick culture that that i i fucking hate right but it's like really that's what it is it's like you catch a quick blimp of popularity and within that small framework of you being famous you have to do a lot in order to maintain that or at least change your lifestyle mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i mean it's it's, momentum it's, and then it's the andy upon. warhol prophecy being fulfilled that in the future everyone will be famous for 15 minutes that's where we get the term 15 minutes of fame oh, from really? from andy warhol oh. Right. Because he was making a projection of the future that the way that pop culture is growing, every human being at one point in American life will be famous for 15 minutes. You'll have that little blip, whether it's a, a news article in your local nightly news about you or something larger. You know what I'm saying? God, that better not. My 15 minutes of fame might be the time that I was in the newspaper and I do the, remember the reporter that. was like, <laughs> what do you like about soccer? And I was like, oh, I love soccer. I love to run, but it makes me sweat. Like, I sweat a lot. I don't know, some shit where I was talking about how I sweat a lot and, like, all my friend's parents had it on the fucking fridge because it was, like, such an embarrassing interview. So is that my, like, 15 minutes? No, no, because I think subsequently you've done I a lot more sweat. since then. No, that was it. That was my that was, that was the height of your fame? Or my, like, streaking. I don't think that made it into the I movie. think the streaking is the most compelling story. Yeah, ever. I know. Yeah. It defined me forever. It was worth it. It was yeah. worth all of the suspending and not being able to do anything in high school it's fine in any case we have a big we have a big interview with my man uh mc infinite so let's get into it well also we'll let you know what the army hammer thing is next Soon enough. week yeah, it's we'll something see. good though <laughs> let's get into it we are here with my guy you want to do the intro you do the intro because i'm right, failing yeah. at the intro this is my guy my brother the brown black thought himself Ooh. <laughs> brown mamba <laughs> Yes, yes. A lot of brown references are gonna continue on in this in this little okay. interview segment brown that we Panther. got here. Um, beatboxer, actor, MC extraordinaire, educator, activist, um, all types of things, and you'll and you'll tell us whatever I left out. So, welcome the one and only MC Infinite to Ratchet and Woke. My Yo, God. we'll fill this in with air horns and different shit. When you, you know what I mean? <laughs> What's good, my brother? What's good? I'm so happy to be here, y'all. It's so good to see both of you. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of both of y'all. Um, just oh, bless your soul. As artists, as people, um, two good humans. So yeah, I'm I'm juiced to be here. What's good? I love I love how your podcast is just taken off. I. I've been seeing it all over the place, and I just love the I just love the whole concept. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing over there. Thank you. Who do you Thank think's you. ratchet, and who do you think's woke? <laughs> this is the, the age old question. Yeah. That is a great question. Choose I wisely. I think it changes based on the the day. See, uh, you know what? That was a really good answer. I would say it changes nuanced. based on the topic. Yes. Oh, true. Okay. Okay. It's true as well. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's true as well. But you just dropped an album, sir. Congratulations once again. I was, Thank uh, you. Fortunate enough to uh, uh, to have attended your album release party. Yes. And have been featured on said album. Yes. You know. Um. And we're gonna get into that in a minute. But for those who are uninitiated into who you are, what you do, just kind of speak to your history, your origin story, if you will. Sure. You yeah. Know, 
coming to the Bay Area, everything you've put down. Put your hand and, down. And your hand's waving your face out of <laughs> I'm, I'm a rapper. It's rapper hands. He's like a magician. <laughs> like, now you see it's me? It's rapper now hands. you don't. <laughs> I love that effect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I came here in 97. Um, in in San, I've been in, in San Francisco since 1997, and I I moved here with a, with the crew. Uh, where we called ourselves Felonious, so we were yes. a band here in the Bay Area for a minute. Um, and this is where I came up, sort of doing doing the live music thing with a live band. Before I even did the DJ thing, I had a live band. So for me, I sort of kind of went through it the initiation, hip hop initiation, sort of backwards, where most artists you know, they, they sort of, they always aspire to have a live band. You know what I mean? They're like, Oh, I could just rock with I a live band. Get a guitar. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be dope to like hear my beats with a live band. You know what I mean? But so for me, it was the opposite. I, I, I started off sort of from scratch making music with artists that were bass players, guitarists, keyboardists. And so, you know, we made our own samples and, and, you know, we did covers and all that stuff. So, so, through that initiation, I, I I made my way out here, and it kind of just took off from there. I've been I've been making music in the Bay since, like I said, since '97. But also, uh, I did the you know I was a battle rapper for many years. I I did the battle thing over at Tourette's without regrets. Yeah, Jamie always says wonderful things about you. Yes, you you know you know what it is. Both of y'all know what it is over mm -hmm. there. Um, so so yeah, so uh, and you know just. Through all of that, I've been educating the whole time because in my life, teachers made a big impact in my life. So for me, for me, teaching is a way that I sort of uh, give back to my community. And it's my sort of form of activist activism, because when I teach, I don't just teach sort of what the subject is. I'm always dropping little things, you know, to influence. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like if you're influencing kids, you, you got to be able to be real with them they really appreciate when you don't speak down to them and you meet them yeah, where they are at so exactly. so that's kind of what i do um so so in my experience all i've been doing is kind of building off of that and and feeding off of that energy i have a six-year-old daughter uh she she just turned six on february 22nd which was oh, i know after MC. Yeah, so that's what's, I know i i know i know i know i can give just, you a little tip Whenever you need it. I'm going to probably need it a lot. I got and, you. And, and uh, she's a singer, so she might be on your records in the future. Lil. I'm yeah. saying. Oh, or, or, you know, her and my son could be buddies. There, Adrian is eight. There you go. There, there you it go. is. There it is. But Generation you know, two. Have you been teaching her any other languages yet? Ooh. Um, well, she's so she's half Filipina, half Mexican. So she's been she's she's learned to, uh, Tagalog. And 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 I and and I'm teaching her some Spanish. She knows some Spanish, so she's getting it all in in a little bit. You know, oh she's, spends a lot of time. With, yeah. No, Spanish is great. I think it's good. It's a really good opener to all the other languages because it really works. You know, as a beatboxer, I understand how it sort of works the mechanics of your mouth in a way that is really like, you know, you get a helps better you sense with other of morality in general. Totally. Like in Spanish, it's like an easy gateway into learning the other languages that are like in Europe or like Italian, French and all Bingo. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you're talking exactly. about like the, because I took, oh my God, I just weird. I took a linguistics class in Spain when I, when I did my, I did a semester abroad there. And yeah. I just never even thought about how you use different parts of your mouth to speak. I just, I don't know. I never took it. And then when you think about that, in beatboxing like that's probably a similar way that you teach beatboxing you teach that you how to use the roof of your mouth versus the tip of your tongue and, and yeah, exactly like that, right? the lips the yeah. teeth the tip of the tongue oh. yeah right? all those acting <laughs> i went to a performing arts school you're an actor you already know like those, yes. those alliterations oh, and yeah. I, still do, I still do the um you you and i taught once at, at, at a school uh, uh envision high school uh -huh, in uh -huh. oakland and we were like uh we were doing the bucketica right like yeah that's right bucketica <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. right yeah so so that's <laughs> funny that you said the lips the the teeth of because i was doing yeah the tip of the tongue because i was doing that yesterday with my high school students that i that i teach for act american conservatory theater so i was doing that exercise and i also was doing the 
yeah. you know, like the beatboxing. But yeah, you know, I approach teaching the way I approach my art. I, I'm, you know, I, I name my album Critical Minded for a reason. It's because I, I approach everything sort of with that kind of scope of like, how can I break it down and how can, you know, I, I love breaking down stuff. So for me, Critical Minded is a, is a sort of statement on, on how I, I, the part of myself that I embrace that you people kind of call you a hater because you don't really like anything because <laughs> they're like, You're like dude, come on, come on, yeah. dude, really? Like, you don't like Kendrick Lamar? Are you crazy, bro? Like, and it's like, no, I didn't say I don't like him. It's just that, blah, blah, blah. or Hamilton, like the whole thing with Hamilton, for yeah. example, like, like a lot of people really love Hamilton, but it's a sort of a dogmatic thing because if you don't like Hamilton, there's a whole sector of people who will be like, what? You don't like Hamilton? So, yeah. so, you know, I, I, I kind of, have learned to sort of just ride with my my embrace my critical minded way of of looking at everything yeah no totally um what was i gonna ask you yeah so what came first for you like was it rapping or were you beatboxing before the rapping like what came Ooh. what what in what was your your foyer into the world of hip-hop like that's a great and you're question. from texas right you grew up you were born and raised in texas yeah, yeah okay, so cool. so i was Born in, I was so I was born in Orange County, California, but I was okay. raised in I, when I was four years old. I moved to McAllen, Texas, right down by this by the border of Mexico, down there by South Padre Island and all that stuff. Um, and um, I I started off popping. I was a b boy. Hey, that was the first okay. thing. Yeah, so dancing was my. I love dancing. You know, Grandmaster Flash. Whenever the records would come on, whenever any of those records would come on, I would pop, and I did a lot of popping and and locking and all that stuff. And and then I I I, I did the the beatbox thing a little bit. The rapping didn't come till more later on, like maybe like seventh grade, eighth grade, when I started like freestyling all the time because I would just mm -hmm. rap to myself. The first thing I did was uh I I rapped uh LL Cool J's bad verse. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so 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 i i did that verse and like just m memorized it because i loved it so much and that was kind of what got me into the rapping part of it but most people most people love the beatboxing thing i remember in college my freshman year i would be in cyphers with people and i would be beat i would be rapping right and then whenever someone would rap no one we didn't have a boom You'd box i'd have to be the designated beatboxer yeah. i'd have you, to be the, like the, the dj the for night. the cypher like, come i was on, man. <laughs> exactly they there yeah. you go little Upsy just like basically spoke to my soul like that was that's my that's my whole college existence like yeah. so yeah i wanted to rap and people were like wait a minute bro you should just do that and i was like what they're like beatbox like you should do that and i was like oh okay so you know i i started performing it with just a microphone and me beatbox it was really awkward and weird but i was like whoa people like this shit so so yeah, it's rare. So. Not not as many beatboxers as rappers. It's not as like I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to to say that rapping isn't difficult or isn't a skill, but it's like anyone can access that skill. Whereas like some people can't do this with their tongue, right? Like, right, but right. everyone can like eat food or drink water, you know. But like right. with beatboxing, so it's it's not intuitive for all people to learn how to. And do I think that. it it takes a it holds a certain uh, space and a certain reverence within hip hop culture, right? Like there's not too like you to your point, there's not too many beatboxers that are well known in hip hop, and then those who are, are who who've been able to pierce through are legendary, the Rozells of the world, the the Dougie Fresh, like you know what I'm saying? Like there's well, a certain element, there's a certain mystique about it that's very organic and, and very like tied into like true authentic hip hop culture. I was you just about I mean? to say, I was just about to say, here's the thing about beatboxing. Beatboxing is the last real left element where you feel like it's still that feeling where you're like, Oh, I found this beatboxer, this rare beatboxer in the cuts or like, yeah. you know, whereas MCing is hella like there's oversaturated mm -hmm. DJing oversaturated producers oversaturated like every element of hip-hop almost every element oversaturated but when it even in the beatbox world but but what's dope about the beatbox world is that it still has that element where you're like it still has that rawness where 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 you're like oh this is out of necessity this is not like like i i don't have anything i'm using my mouth because i i don't i don't have i don't know how to play drums right. you know and so there's that there's that thing that 
is so dope about hip hop where it's born out of necessity where you you do it because you have to because you don't have anything else and yeah. that's what that's what's dope about beatboxing that remains and intact. When- Go ahead. I was going to be like, and, and it's like an element that the industry hasn't taken and, you know, marketed and chewed it up and spit it back out and made it like a Cardi B. They haven't commodified thing, it. You yeah. know, like it's still street as fuck. And I feel like to have a beatboxer is, is like such a gem, you know, like if I were able to perform with a beatboxer, like Marlon was explaining that one time that Breathless did her song over you beatboxing. I was just I, telling them the story. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just so... You were just telling them the story? Well, I was telling you the story, and then the day after, I was telling it to oh. him and Breathless yes. on his album release oh, part. Yeah. 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 It's just like hip hop as fuck, and it's, yeah. Yeah. And when you have somebody like, when you have somebody like Breathless, who is such a dope performer, it just really works together to have that energy, like bouncing off of each other. That was dope. And then it also makes a lot of sense, at least for you as an artist, because, like, so you have the live band that you came up with, right? In yeah. Terms of being an MC. Prior to that, you're beatboxing. Right? Yeah. Which explains your your cadence and your delivery as a rapper. It's so in a pocket. Right. So crisp and clean. Like there's right. You know what I'm saying? Like I think yeah. older or younger generations of artists don't have that particular discipline to be in the pocket in the way that you are or the way that you have to be Mumble with that. a beatboxer or with a live band. Cause you're, you're an, when, when you're rocking with a live band, you are an instrument, you know what I'm saying? Right. So you have to start hearing the communication that's going on with the band to know when and how to say what it is that you want to say. Right. Now, when did the acting come in for you? Cause you've been acting for a while. Ooh, a long time. A, yeah. a long time. I think they both came up simultaneously. I I started I started doing theater in um, sixth seventh grade, and I was doing like debate. I was doing like I I wanted to like I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, and I was like, oh man, I'm gonna be in debate class. And then I realized, oh and shit, like, no, I how long did I gotta be in school? Yeah, it, 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 exactly, <laughs> it, exactly. You mean after my four years, I got to do like three, four, five, one. I was like, what? No, hell no. And so, you know what I realized is like, oh, I know what it is. I just, I just like acting like a lawyer. So we all. Exactly. I act like a lawyer. Yes, they deserve to die and I hope they burn in hell. I want to be the judge. This whole objection. Objection. This whole court is out of order. (laughs) So so that's where my kind of, you know, my, because I've always been competitive. So like that kind of allowed me to, I love the competitiveness of debate and you, but the fact that we were orally battling, uh, something about that appealed to me, and I, I now I connect that with why I was so into battling, freestyle battling, and all I was about that. To you know, say that that's a battle rap connection there. Exactly, bingo. So bingo. then, tell us, like, so you you come out to the bay, you're with Felonius, Felonius for for you know a lot of underground. Yes, I don't even want to go as far as to say OG hip hop heads out here, but like right. some of the you know some of the hip hop heads from from a, from an older generation are very yes. familiar with Felonious and what you guys were doing in the Bay. And for yes. those who are who are just getting exposed to your work and you as an artist, what was that like? What was that like Maritime Hall that I keep hearing about or Maritime Ballroom, whatever y'all call it? And yeah. Like, what was what was that like in the in the, in the Bay for you? I remember Felonious as a group. I mean. I remember, first of all, that it was difficult to get booked as a hip hop band mm. because because people didn't know what to, category to put you in. Remember, we only had the reference point of the roots at that point, really. Yeah. And 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 and, and trying to find a drummer, by the way, back then to play hip hop drums was crazy mm. because everybody was like, "Oh yeah, I can hold down the beat," and then they'd be like, "Dude, God." And they just start, and they'll be like, wait, 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 tell me, whoa, whoa, slow up, slow up. I can't rap to that. Hold on, hold on, tell me. Like, so, 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 so after a while, it, it, it really was this kind of, this, this sort of, I don't know, it felt like a rare thing we were doing. I think that's what people really gravitated towards. They were like, wait, what are you guys doing? Like that was that, that was our base. That was the basic reaction to us. They were like, "Wait, what are you guys doing? Because you you rap dope. You guys are good rappers, but like, what is this with the band? Like, is it a band or like, how come you guys aren't? Uh, you're you're. There's a black guy. There's a Jewish guy. There's a white guy. There's a there's a Mexican. Like, what's wrong with y'all? So so we were we would stick out like that, right? But like. 
but you're right. There was this time back then in in San Francisco, particularly because we played here a lot, where we would hop over from like Cafe du Nord to like Bruno's to like Last Day Saloon to like all these venues that have now gone under or changed and gone through different changes yeah, because crazy. of you know how the live scene has shifted so much. We were here just getting the last remnants of that sort of live San Francisco like history, you know. Um, it, it it really it, it it really was like you know that feeling that we get at at the boom boom room when when yeah. you you know that feeling where where it's popping and it's like there's a band on stage and it's hip hop and everybody's in it and that happened regularly before but right. it just but it was just like you I will say this the scene was fragmented there was you know it's always been this way I feel like there's these little crops of land and when someone gets it they sort of hoard it and they're like okay I've got like 100%. I've got like this many followers and you know what I can't risk my 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 brand or anything so I can't really share what I have so I'm just going to like kind of just keep doing my thing and like everyone keeps doing their thing but in order to create a sort of scene and and something that creates something that is bigger than just the one group you have to work together you have to like right. collaborate you have to like build something or at least open for each other and do shows and it wasn't like that you know you had these fragmented movements with like mystic journeyman and the living legends crew was sort of up and doing their thing and then you had board stiff kind of doing its separate thing they work together, but not as often as you would mm -hmm. think. And hieroglyphics was on another level and they didn't really, they sort of did their own thing as well. So felonious psychokinetics, we, we were other groups that were around, but we kind of worked together, but not as much as we could have. And like Zion and I back then, as and when they first came here as well, like we run into them, I'd see them at the club, I'd see them at the battles and like, we'd say, what's up. We, we were definitely cool with each other, but we didn't ever really collaborate. And, and I think it could have made a scene like a real scene that, that we would have been marked in history more uh, prominently. That's a really good way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, it's interesting. It, when you think about other scenes in other places, right? Like yeah. it, the success of it really comes down to their willingness to collaborate one coming from new york one of the things that brought new york down as the birthplace of hip-hop was that nobody fucked with each other this hyper competitive nature kind of spilled over into this like really toxic energy so yep. if you was from the bronx you didn't fuck with brooklyn if you was from brooklyn you didn't fuck with queens you yep. really didn't fuck with manhattan like it was like this and then like within that there was street shit involved so like it just kind of fell to the wayside but meanwhile the south everybody was linking up if you was from miami you was fucking with Atlanta. He was from Atlanta. Yeah. He was fucking with Alabama and Mississippi, and like yes. they was doing their own chitlin circuit runs and fucking with each other. And then that's and and to this day, that's why they're still working and rocking the way that they, they are. And like you know, Chicago kind of similarly, but like yeah. you know, this it's it's really interesting that you you broke it down that way. Do you think that's yeah. kind of the downfall of the Bay Area? Because I feel like we have this conversation frequently of like there's this disconnect between the older generation and the younger generation. But then you're kind of opening my eyes that there's even a disconnect between the same generation of people and it makes a lot of sense and it is kind of it's almost paralleled with like I don't know like like Silicon Valley in a way it's like I'm gonna come here I'm gonna take this land I'm gonna make this business I'm gonna blow the fuck up and I don't really want to collaborate with y'all like I just want to make my money and I don't want it to be fucked with like, yeah yeah exactly. and and it and and no one really does the thing where they sort of highlight the people that came before them like mm. they don't really do that in the bay that much the way i think would be dope if like artists who have like you know two hundred thousand followers are like hey do y'all know about you know unlearn the world or infinite or do you know about these other mcs who don't have as many followers but they've been doing it for a long time mm -hmm. so you know it's it it it's just a i think it's a frame of thinking i think everyone just it's the way it is right now it's so hard to get a little plot of land like I'm I'm about to hop on a call tomorrow. Um, Kayla, um, hey. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Kayla Love hit me up and was like, "I love I like I like your album a lot. Let's let's talk about how we can push it and promote it." I'm like, "Oh, you're so amazing!" So she's just gonna offer her like advice and help me tomorrow with with planning. And that's just a dope human being to be able to reach out and do that. So shout out to her. Um, but like my point is, is that's an example of the kind of like networking and like community type things that can make the difference when it comes to the bigger picture. Okay, 100%. so then that leads me to a question. 
Yeah. Do you think that might have to do maybe with the male ego thing? Because Kayla and me have been working together for a long time. Kayla and I learned been working together for a while. And just in general, I feel like there's this woman camaraderie where we feel like, you know, we want to help each other out. Do you think maybe that has anything to do with it or am I just... You know, no, I think you're... No, 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 no. I think you're spot on. I think that's exactly right. I think the difference is... And, and I think that shifts... I mean... Uh, not to get too much into a, another whole category, but I, I feel like that's the whole shifting point of the entire world. Like someone, I, I, I don't know who I'm going to quote, but they said, if, you, if if a woman is not in a room when you're making a major decision, then you're not going to make the right decision. Mm. And I, I really think that's, I, yeah. I really, I really, <laughs> I really think that's pretty accurate. Like I feel good about saying that I feel way more, at ease with you know a woman you know for instance having a woman vice president to me is exciting re almost 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 regardless of who it is not really but almost like yeah, I, yeah. i'm that excited about it and i also think it's twofold right like speaking to this communities and community building and artistry is like there's male there's male ego wanting to like maintain what you've earned for yourself and your people yes that. but i also think women are more inclined to collaborate with each other because of of the way they have to navigate in male spaces often, mm. right? Where it's like, it's harder to trust men. It's, you know, there's a lot of toxic energy. So it's like when you see another female MC who's out there doing, I think this is kind of like this thing, like, all right, we, we come from the same cloth because we've probably experienced the same shit yeah. in the scene. So let's just fuck with each other and hold each other down. I mean, most, most organizations or groups or crews or cliques or gangs come from wanting to protect and insulate themselves from the world that is yes. kind of caving in on them one way or another. You yeah. I mean? I'm gonna, so it's like, there's a yeah. lot of that as well. I'm going to equate it. I'm going to equate it to if I was a, a, a Mexican rapper and I was in, in like a battle league and I showed up and there was all these battlers and all of them were white and there was only like one other Mexican dude. I'd be like, hey, what's up, bro? Like, we got to get yeah, these white boys. Y'all do, do the head nod. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? I One mean, of y'all are probably real dope. Y'all get cheated. And then what happens is like three months for later, you have a Mexican battle league. That's right, right. I mean, exactly. exactly. But it's like the same thing. Like, I feel like you need to have a person of like, you need to have a black person at the table. You need to have a Latino person at the table. You need to yeah. have someone that's not hetero at the table like yeah LGBTQ, yeah like all of these different narratives because otherwise you're going to end up doing some shit that's offensive and just it just and not only on the negative side but it's like you just you can create something so much more beautiful and different right and inclusive if you have all of these different perspectives and lifestyles that you would never have thought of had you not been introduced to someone who lives a different, completely different life this is why i think people who come from performing arts backgrounds make the best music <laughs> Yeah, because you you meet all these weirdos in that space, right? Like you, you you're I've literally some weird performing arts people. <laughs> I lived with this chick that was such a wackadoo. Like, she's straight up. She was such a performance weirdo. She I came home one night and she had thrown a party that was like like sexual predators and children party. Like that was like the theme of the party. And the kids were just like, I was like, what the fuck am I walking into right now? Like, I'm wow. that, I mean, I didn't take mushrooms tonight. Like. <laughs> but see, like wow. that's that's what I've appreciated about the Bay Area music scene, especially with the world of hip hop, because it reminds me of the performing arts high school that I went to. Like you have mm -hmm. all these crews and clicks and like the weirdos and the vibe and like it's 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 and it's multicultural. There's a lot of intersectional identities. There's all these different things, but it's all under the banner of we are creatives and this is what we do. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's something that I've grown to, or it's not even that I've grown to appreciate it. I've always appreciated it. I've always seen it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think about artists like um, Busta Rhymes and and artists like, um, uh, like even, even actually, now I even think about Black Thought. Even mm. um, they have they actually have backgrounds in in sort of theatrical backgrounds and performing and, and, Tupac, yeah, and yeah and you can tell and and so I just love how that creeps into the music and that just goes to show you you could do it. In, there's two drastic examples. You have Busta Rhymes, who's extremely theatrical, like in the true sense of theatricalism, yeah. but being theatrical but then you have black dot who is cinematic in a whole different way and also theatrical in a whole nother way with his narratives and the way he raps and so i just feel like you you being you're right being a, you know and performing you know black dot performed so much as a 
live performer exactly. that he he knows how to engage the crowd, which is the true meaning of MC, right? Move the crowd and and master ceremonies and all that. Exactly. Now speaking of which, your your new album, sir. <clears throat> yes. I, it's a funny story. Because <laughs> I know you from ROTC like I know most motherfuckers. Right, right. right. It's, 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 it's that. <laughs> right. And I remember going to, I, I, I was telling somebody this, I, I remember going to your album release party. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. like six years ago. Oh, yeah. That's <clears throat> right. It was six years ago. I, you, you had um, Homegirl, who was the cellist on stage. Yep. You had yep. Light. It was, it was a whole vibe in there. I literally drove, I, I bust back up from LA literally to come to your party. And I remember that because I was because I walked through the door and you were like, yo, I just saw you in it. Weren't you just in L.A.? Like I was like, yeah, I just came back. For the... But um, so tell walk us through the, 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 the trials and tribulations of what took you so goddamn long to get this album out, bro. Like, wow. Talk yeah. To me. Yeah. Like, let's, yeah. Let, let me let me talk to you. So <laughs> so so um, it started off as an EP. I have a I have a I have a thing in my notes in my <laughs> iPhone notes that says says make an EP called critical minded. <laughs> that <laughs> 2012. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, that's right, Lil MC. You're right. You got it right. So it's like, so I had it on, on my notes, and then, basically, I started working on it, and, you know, every time it would come to that place where I was like, all right, cool, there's momentum growing. I'd start thinking about, the financial end of making the album happen, and every time that happened, I would be like, okay, so I can make this album. And then I won't be able to live for a couple of months. <laughs> and then, I, and then I, I, was, I was like, and I was like, you know, and then my daughter was born like really right after that. Mm -hmm. And right around that time, my priorities completely shifted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And my yeah. pride, because, because my daughter turned six on February 22nd, which uh, is, yeah, yeah, that makes which sense. is when I released the album. Yeah. yeah. I released the album on that date on purpose because they're both my babies. Mm. <laughs> so, so she's probably not gonna like that. She just <laughs> love me more. Right? Gonna start Daddy? chucking CDs. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. She's so. You know, I I want to do that thing where I'm where I make a living. I am making a living off my art, but I want to do that thing where I make. I'm thriving off of my art. Yeah. And then I want to be able to shut down any of those criticisms. With, to my daughter being like, yeah, well, wish a motherfucker would paid for your college, like, you know yeah. what I mean, like, like. She so, really got so, in your head, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, my son does that too. Yeah, exactly. So, so, um, so yeah. So for me, it's just about um, kind of perfecting the album. It started as an EP, and then it got bigger. Um, and I realized, you know what? Okay, you know what? It's taken, what are we, three years now at this point? And I was like, it can't be an EP. That's not worth, no way, no way, hell no. Right, I'm not going right. to take three years long, three years to make an album and then put out five songs. That's not going to happen. Right. So I said, you know what? I need to make this an album now. So, okay, I'm going to take my time. And so I shifted gears and I started working on it. And that's when it really moved into that whole, like, not to compare, I already said this, not to compare my album to D'Angelo's new album, but <laughs> it, it, it had that feeling where I was like, you know what? I'm going to take as long as it needs to take. Mm -hmm. and when it's done it's going to be worth it and i just got to trust that and i do feel like the response i've gotten has mirrored that 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 that, that they can tell the time has been put into it and that they <clears throat> that they really really genuinely like it which to me is huge in this era of like oversaturation of so much music um so pablo who's from audio chemistry, who mastered the album. Mm -hmm. um, he who's of course from the legendary board stiff crew. He told me he was just like, I don't know, like five days after we had already finished the whole mastering process and he was just chilling and he had moved on to another project. He would just text me and said, yo, I'm just bumping this album. This shit is dope. And I was like, see, that's really cool because you know that a, 
an engineer like a master oh, or a mixer they hear everything. gets here's that shit over and over and, and they're over it when they're done with that shit they're like fuck that i'm not listening to that shit anymore so it was really cool that to hear him just to know that he wasn't sick of it yet that's dope yeah. Yeah, and it's also they're hearing with a, a more informed ear because they're listening for the the way the sound is and the mixes and that the, too. You know, so it's it, it's really like a pat on the back for an engineer to like really fuck with your with your music. Aside from that, but it, a thousand. So, but also speak to like the community really supporting it, right? Like you crowdfunded the album, which is like yeah for. I mean, there's I, there's not too many artists who can crowdfund an album and get that level of support to have it fully done. Like you, no, you went I, above and beyond what you were asking. Like, yeah, I I pulled a, I pulled a broke man's de la soul. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the trying to trying to like pull it off. So yes, no, it worked. I I did a GoFundMe kind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did a GoFundMe going for a, a relatively low number that that I thought would just be covering, you know, the basic mixing costs, hopefully, and then I would just cover the rest. But then from there, it started to grow, and I was getting a lot of support, and I realized, you know what, let's go for the mastering costs as well. Okay, great. You know what, let's go for the music video. And so now, everything's lined up. In fact, I just got a text from Jamie DeWolf. Hey. So, yeah. so yeah, we're we're about to talk about our music video that's coming to come out. So that's oh, really exciting. Um, I'm super excited about that. I know. I, I was just thinking. I was just thinking. I was about to say, I'm like, how is the blood gonna come into place? Yeah, like, so. it's, that's like Jamie's. A... Like, it's his writer. Like, all right, if I'm gonna do a video for you, there has to be blood. <laughs> there, there has to be blood. <laughs> there has to be dead people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you do need a blood-covered I mean, person, I'm your girl. Like, I'll totally be that. I was, I was going to say, you guys are definitely first first pick, first pick. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think this album is my first, the first time I can really play it from beginning to end and have that feeling where as a live performer, I don't sound better live. You know that thing? I had this yeah. thing where, where I'd be like, oh, man, this is this is cool but like if i do it live oh man this shit is fire but i i i really feel now like i can play my music and 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 be like yeah that that feels good that's good you know that that's i love that feeling you guys have had some some great success in terms of numbers for yours for your music that i really think is dope because you don't do it with gimmicks there's no sort of like fake shit about what you guys do i think you guys are really yourselves in a major major way that speaks to a lot of people so i i really i think that's probably the thing i i like to learn from other artists too is you know i come from an era where a lot of it was kind of like proving you had to prove a lot there was there was yeah. this whole thing of like i gotta prove myself i gotta prove myself totally. i gotta and so well, I mean, proving yourself is what got you the other opportunities, right? Like you right. had to show up like, and, and, and we're not, our eras or whatever we determine as our eras are not that far apart. But like, no. I come from the same thing where you had to like really be dope for anybody to let you in a studio. You had right. to be dope for anybody to get you on a stage. And right. that was, that was kind of your right of passage as an MC. That was paying dues. Well, now paying dues is like, oh, I'm, I'm on this platform and then I'll go right. to another platform. And, you know that has more eyes on it, but the the the, the means of production are are easier or more accessible now, mm -hmm. and and all of those other and, things. And 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 yes, and to your point, the standard of lyricism was different. I I'm yeah, not going to call it better. I'm just going to call it different. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is that you couldn't get by in a cipher doing any kind of like Chance the Rapper shit back then. <laughs> Like it, it, you, it wouldn't translate. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 just, it just wouldn't <laughs> translate. And never mind going even, you know, little boosty or even worse, going all yeah, that yeah, direction. Yeah, yeah. Like it just wouldn't work. Like I, so I never had those examples around me that said, "Hey, man, lighten up. You don't have to always be like lyrical miracle. Like you can lighten up." Like, but I never had that. All I had around me was beasts. Yeah, it's all like, lyrical miracle. <laughs> and and so so for me, I in order to compete in my head. I thought, well, I need to learn how to be able to rap with this dexterity at this level. And so I focused on that, but I never got the opportunity to focus on like, hey, what about like melodies and like, what about like harmonies in your music? What about like they the musicality? And, yeah. 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 What about like the topics? Like, it doesn't always have to be about being a badass rapper. Like, what, what, what are, what are you saying? Like, so, so. 
back then I didn't have a lot of those examples. I mean, if you think about it, even look at the Roots music. Like, if you look at the "Do You Want More" album, like, um, like, it, it, it's like, it's dope, and there are different topics, but they're kind of all just MC shit. Like, yeah, yeah. it's like existential, yeah. metaphysical. Yeah, like, yeah. Black thought, barring the fuck out. The yeah. Whole yeah. There's not yeah. Like a greater comprehensive theme that you would get from like a Kendrick Lamar. Bingo. Or something. Bingo. Yeah. So, so there you go. And there's this whole different way of looking at it. But back then, back then, right? Like, oh my God, do you want more? Was the Bible like, it was like, fuck, like you just wanted to reach that pinnacle of like, oh my God, like how are they making those, that those beats that are live sound like real hip hop beats. And that was the whole mysticism about it. Like what the fuck is Questlove doing to those drums? Like that was the whole 100%. Like I was studying Questlove drums. Like I think things fall apart was like one of my favorite albums. ever. Oh yes. Yeah. Cause and you know, and they, they had some other producers in that album, but they were, and, and, and not only things fall apart, but uh, what was the other one? The was one before Illadelph Half-Life. Illadelph Half-Life. Oh my there God. Was, um, they have so many albums. Uh, the, the the tipping point. Oh, the tipping yes. point is by Ooh. far one of my favorite albums. You Ooh. know what I'm saying? And and what they did in terms of the production on there was just so was dope. silly. But yeah, we've yeah. Co- we, we've come such a long way as a culture, and in terms of like what our standards are for yeah. our, our culture bearers. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. And how do you feel as an artist, having come from where you came, that cloth, right? Putting out music in this new era that for a lot of people in, 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 in who come from where you come from and from yeah. or come from that cloth, they're kind of like, it's a new frontier. It's like a law. It's like, Lost how do I, yeah. yeah. It's like you wake up one day and a hundred years have passed and now you have to try to make sense of it. It's like Futurama, right? Like you got to figure out like, all right, what, how much is a stream? I do what? What do I yeah. do? Like, <laughs> you're right. And it's, it's always changing too. Always changing always changing that's the other thing about it like you know so for me i think what i've learned the most is to not be object to not object to change to let mm-hmm. let 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 the change be and sort of follow what you need to do to get your to get your message out because for me it's all about the platform for the message so wherever however that can happen but also honestly it's also about priorities like i don't really value the like amount of followers that i have the way that i could and i and i definitely want to adapt some of that mentality as much as i value the quality of the people who like my shit yeah like so like i'm really more into like the fact that adam Thies, for instance someone who's like an incredible yeah yeah who's like an incredible musician composer if he tells me my shit is dope my shit is dope like that that's how i look at it right so like if if if, if unlearn's gonna say hey your album is this or i love this verse or you are a dope rapper then i'm a dope rapper because it it goes it, it's just about skill level skill set exposure how much it's that it's, mindset of wanting the critical acclaim or you know what i'm saying like just yeah just doing in in terms of like the we often throw this term around doing it for the culture right right but the culture is us and like when right. you're getting those nods of appreciation from people you value in terms of their creative output yes then it's kind of like the gold star for yourself you know what i'm yes. saying where i think yes. in, in our today's current climate we are less about that and, and people feel more validated because their numbers run up you know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. nah, so-and-so just said I was dope. Yeah. And I did yeah. that over 20,000 streams any day of the week. It's, you know, it's it's a weird way of just looking at this. you're now. making music that isn't generalized to a group. Like, yeah. you're not making music that's liked by the masses, which are just going to like what the next person likes. They're just following what the, the rest of the herd likes. Instead, you're targeting someone that's really going to appreciate, like, your wordplay or like how long it took you to program those drums and the average person isn't going to appreciate that only like a right. musician or a yeah. will. Right. Yeah. And that's another thing I realize is that when I look at my network, I'm like, Oh, well, of course it's difficult for the landscape because we're all artists pushing our own shit. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so sometimes I'm like, well, of course you, you're, you're getting like, you know, because I get it. Like it's the same thing. We're all, working hard to get our message beyond our circles that we normally get it to so that it can build a wider circle so that then that message can get into a wider circle and wider and wider. And so I think 
what's dope about what you guys are doing to bring it back is that by me being on your podcast and by you guys being kind to allow the space for other artists like myself and the all the awesome artists you've had on here is that it creates that sense that there is a possibility that we would actually do something together. Like it's not just this ethereal kind of like, well, there's infinite over there and there's unlearn over there and they're dope. Maybe they'll do something together someday. But like, if we actually like communicate and create these kind of like this sort of like community, then it's not that far of a stretch to be like, Hey, unlearn what's up we with our fight do something together yeah. <laughs> oh yes yes I love oh this. yes i can't wait I can't it's wait. gonna be epic <laughs> i already told that she was like why is this not already happening? and i need to i need i need to i need to send you a couple i, I, I need to send you a couple dollars to just do some beatboxing for me to have oh oh that's back. that's not a problem that's not yeah. a problem i i always tell producers that because my you can't get this snare anywhere else <laughs> exactly, and, and, yeah. and you can't get this hi hat anywhere else, and you can't get the, yeah. you can't get anywhere else. So, so I do have value on that. But I will, I will say this: um, you unlearn have to make the beat for that song. I got you. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm, I'm sure. right on top of that. Oh, that's it's gonna be. <laughs> I think it, I think it would be dope if it was the epitome of, if the beat was the epitome of Ratchet and Woke. Oh, oh yeah. no, it will be. It, yeah. it, 100%. I probably it, already got it. It's not even, it, it can't be avoided because I'm going to be in here being like, no, you need exactly. to Exactly. Like like, <laughs> like, we, we need to get people twerking over here. Pussy popping. Yeah. Pop in, yeah. Right All of this, yeah. <laughs> but I, I got to thank you before he gives you the sign off. I have to thank you. I don't think I've done it yet. But because you posted about my album Punisher 2, <laughs> someone in your network saw that and reached out to me and asked to get one of the songs go dumb to be in their indie film oh so oh, you're responsible so... for my first sync license that is so oh, dope that is so dope i waited to tell you <laughs> oh that is so dope i love yeah, that story dope, so thank you but it's no like no it's saying like exposing everyone else to, to different people's networks you know by sharing yeah. music and then Someone that I would have never been exposed to gets to hear my crazy yeah. music because of you. So yeah, I think I think it's beautiful. I, I think it's beautiful. I think you're amazing. I think you're dope. So you deserve you to have people listen to your music. But also, like beyond that, also, if you just think it doesn't take that much, it doesn't take that long to post the homies' music. It right. doesn't take that long to like and it just do a quick thing. It costs it literally nothing. Costs and, nothing. Yeah. It's like, that's the currency right now. The currency is like, I don't want to have to post my own music because that gets kind of tiring for people. Mm -hmm. It's way better if other people post my music without me having to like sound desperate for attention because right. it's not about attention. It's about exposure. I want my music to be heard by as many people as possible because I believe in it. Mm -hmm. But I don't really even care if it's, equates to like a massive amount of followers what i what i care about is like meeting that one producer or that one connection where you're it's like impact. oh shit it's, it's having yeah. an impact yeah. it's like yeah. you know what i'm saying being yeah. able to walk into a space or your name being said somewhere and be like oh yeah he's dope right you know exactly. what i'm saying it's like you exactly. know it's, it's, yeah. it's like exactly. when, when exactly. the streaming thing just started like budding and i was like looking at it i'm seeing I'm like yeah this is cool but i like the New York era where like you knew shit was dope when you heard it in the car. When yeah. You, when you heard it in the cars passing by, when you, <laughs> yeah. when you heard it through the, through the headphones of the dude in the train, when you went to the yeah. club or the bar and they were like, yeah. when you heard it everywhere in the streets or like, you yeah. know, the proverbial streets, then you yeah. knew a record was dope. I didn't, yes. you didn't need to give me metrics and demographics for me to know like, Oh no, so-and-so's playing it. They're playing it here. It's everywhere. It's, it, this is the record. Like it's a dope record. You know what I mean? So a thousand percent. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. We, we appreciate the fact that you, you, you have finally arrived, so to speak one way or another with this debut <laughs> album. Um, is it you know, is it is it too crazy that I'm that it's like oh hey you know I waited to like I'm I'm really really good at rapping to make my first album because I because I did this shit because I've been doing this shit I would for prefer so long that rather than you having started rapping six months ago and getting two hundred thousand streams on your new record like that shit nah, you just be yeah I, I, that shit is it's it's infuriating. But you had shit. a kid though. That's the biggest excuse that's, of all. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I quit rapping when I got pregnant, and then, and then I came back. Right? Yeah, you know? <laughs> but 
M- MC Infinite, man, we, we really appreciate you, bro, and, and, and appreciate all the work that you've put in and, and, and the creativity in this project. It sounds amazing. It, it feels Thank amazing. You. I'm happy. I, I couldn't be happier for you because it's just Thank like, you. it's just, it's an, it's a, it's a, it's a triumph. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shout out, shout out your social media handles where people can find you and anything that you got coming forward uh, in the yeah. future. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it, y'all. Um, so everybody, you can find me at mcinfinite.com. That's E-M-C-E-Infinite.com. That's also my social media handle. That's at mcinfinite on all social media. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Um, Critical Minded is the album. It's out right now, available on all digital platforms. Also, I have multiple uh, EPs in the works. Um, yeah, so I have some EPs coming out uh, solely per- with with one producer EPs. So that's really cool. And some singles coming out with different producers. Uh, Maitre D is the homie. Oh my God, that's my brother. Uh, I was just talking to him today. Yeah, that's the homie. Um, and uh, the homie Genesee, an incredible producer so out of LA. Yeah, so I'm uh, just really excited about that. And wow. still working with my Bay Area Theater Cypher crew. We do uh, Twitch streams on Thursday nights, like once a month. And we have different topics. Uh, last time was the Indigenous Theater Cypher. Um, we're just moving forward on doing all kinds of projects. I, I got crazy stuff in the works. Um I'm and you, also, you got like a voice. Didn't you get a voice part in like a Netflix series or some shit like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I did. A little, I did. A, Come on. Yeah, I did. Um, I did this. Uh, I got cast as to do a voiceover for a kids show on Netflix, an animated show. Um, and I play a rapper. I do like a library rapper animated character guy. I fucking love it. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> And I, I ended up beatboxing during the recording session because they're over here in Emeryville in um in the East Bay, yeah. And uh, they're called Cuckoo Studios, and um, I ended up doing some beatboxing because they just love my shit. They're like, oh my god, you got to do the beatboxing, blah, blah. so yeah. so it's really great. It, the the best case scenario is that that it airs and then I'll get some kind of record recurring little role there. Yeah. Be dope. That'd be dope. That'd be really yeah. dope. Oh my god, yeah. you're a cartoon character. <laughs> that That's wild. <laughs> The one and only MC Infinite Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, email us question, comments, and topics. Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com on Learn the World. Lil MC, we are out of here. Peace. Yeah, and- See y'all later. Oh.